Hello everyone, I'd like to welcome you all back to this segment of From the Hip. Are you having a good week? I will tell you what, I am. Yes, the team here at Plum Talk started the new year off with a bang and have been to many networking events. It's interesting, isn't it, when you're at those events? I know many of you business owners out there can relate. I personally love, love to be that fly on the wall, keeping an ear out for what the buzzword is in the crowd. So I'll share with you, at my last event I went to, I was sitting enjoying my drink and listening to a woman talk about how in her business, she puts customers first. It really got me to thinking, what does that mean, putting customers first? Yes, my mind that day started working. As business owners, how important is it to put customers first and what direct result does that have on our bottom line? It's interesting if you think about it, right? I did my research related to this and came across an intriguing article in Forbes magazine titled, Putting Customers First is Good for Business. I'll put it up for here. Take a look at this. Can I share with you what they said? They said that a customer first strategy is and continues to be misunderstood and underestimated phenomena. But, and yes, we all know there's always a but, it's a legitimate and highly effective business strategy. It's intriguing to me. They went on to report that with the evolution of customer data and customer data science, businesses can actually leverage customer for strategy and use it to develop a serious strategic and competitive advantage. That's what we all want, right? A serious competitive advantage. So how about we explore this further today? Today we have a treat for you. We have Denise Drummond done with us. Now, Denise is the founder of C3 Centricity, an innovative company that is dedicated to helping you capture the hearts and minds of customers before, well, before your competition does. Denise has worked with companies in over 100 countries worldwide. We are honored to have her here today to discuss how adopting a true, and I said true, customer-first strategy is essential for business success. And we are back. How are you, Denise? I'm having a lovely day. How about you, Jane? I am doing really wonderful. And I have really been looking forward to this interview. You are a wealth of knowledge, so well known in the community. Thank you. I've been looking forward to it, too. Yes. Okay. So putting customers first is so incredibly important. And I am curious, and I'm sure a lot of you out there really are thinking about this. What problem do we do that you see in the community as far as putting customers first? Are we making mistakes as business owners? The biggest mistake is in fact that we're talking about it, but we're not actually doing anything differently. And that is the problem, because if you want to put the customers first, you've got to think customer first in everything you do. You can't just say, oh, we're customers are important to us, and then carry on business as usual. You have to make changes. We do. And in the introduction, I was talking about, you know, I was at a networking event and, you know, the woman next to me was talking about putting customers first, but it almost seemed not as genuine. And it got me to thinking, what does that really mean? So when we are legitimately not putting customers first, what effect does that have on our business? When we don't put customers first, well, we're making the business struggle more than it needs to. Because in fact, businesses that put the customer first, the customer-centric as we say, Mm -hmm. they grow faster and are more profitable. So if you're not putting the customer first, you're leaving money on the table. 
That is true. So customer-centric, for those of you out there that may not know what that means, can you define that for us? Customer-centric means putting customers at the center of your business, putting the customer at the heart of your business. So that means thinking customers in every decision you take and making sure that everything you do is for the good of the customer, not just for the good of business. That's true. And percentage-wise, I know you work with a tremendous amount of businesses and you see other businesses out there. How many percentage-wise would you estimate are truly putting their customers at the focus of what their marketing efforts? Oh dear. Um, <laughs> it's not very high. I don't know the actual number, right? but I think probably 80 to 90 percent of com uh, companies today talk about it and probably 10 percent do it. Is that right? So I have always, and I'll share this with you, share this with all of you, is I have always operated under the philosophy that I treat my customers the way I personally want to be treated. Is that in line with your teaching? Absolutely. Is it? Absolutely. Treat customers as you would like to be treated or as you would treat a family member. I see. That's really wonderful. So your company, C3 Centricity, tell us... What it's all about. What, what is behind your company? What do you help us as business owners do? Well, C3 to start with stands for customer, consumer, and client. Right. Because we talk about the people that buy our businesses and services in a different way. But we're basically just talking about people. Right. And what we do in C3 Centricity is help companies to put the customer at the heart of their business. And how do we do that? by getting the company to know their customers intimately. We can never know customers deeply enough, and today, customers are changing faster than ever before. They are. So we can't just say, well, we know our customer, we're okay. Because tomorrow, they'll have changed. Technology is impacting all of us. And as a result, customers are changing. What delighted them yesterday is normal today, and tomorrow they find boring. They're looking for the newest, latest, shiny toy. Right. So in everything we do, we have to always keep up with the customer and ideally be ahead of them so that when they're ready for change, we're there with the new, newest, latest changes for them. That actually brings up a really wonderful point. And I know in any business, there is a certain degree of creativity that goes into your business. It doesn't matter what business you're in, right? So how important, in your opinion, is it to be creative versus tech savvy in your business? Huh. Great question, Jelly. You need both today. You can no longer survive purely on creative. And a lot of marketing people today are struggling with this because technology is now impacting their, their profession because businesses are using AI and VR and AR. And therefore, they need to be tech savvy. So they can no longer rely on just their creativity and say, oh, data and technology, that's not for us. That's for IT. That's for other people. We need to be tech savvy today. We do. We yes. do. I can see that. Even in you know, our business, definitely. I think in any business. So with your particular business, I'm sure that you practice what you, you talk about. Um, what if I, as a business owner, went to you and I looked at your website or people out there right now are watching this interview with us, what's it like to work with you? What could we expect? 
it's fun, but I'm demanding. Because, and that's okay. Because customers are demanding. Yes. People are more demanding than they ever have been. Right. And therefore, I am demanding of my clients because I want the best for them. So I will help them to get better. And generally, I speak about four areas in which they need to get better. The first is the company structure and vision. How many companies are saying they're customer-centric, but in fact, there's no mention of their customers in their vision or strategy? Mm, right. Obviously, they need to know their customers as deeply as possible. They need to make sure that their brands, their products and services are customer-centric. In other words, it starts from a customer need, desire, or dream. I love that. And as a result, they will deliver products and services the customers want. And then lastly, the fourth area, and sometimes it's the most difficult one, is to make sure your um, processes are customer-centric. And what does that mean? It means we have to get comfortable sharing data. Mm -hmm. So many companies are in silos, and they all have a piece of the puzzle. And it's when we put that together that we really understand the customer. So that. those are the four areas that I look at with my clients. And generally, there is one area that really offers them the most opportunities for improvement. And we'll start with that area. But in general, we end up touching all four areas. I love that. That is really fascinating. And that all is in your magnificent book. Am I wrong? It's all in my book. Okay, can you tell us? For those of you out there, I'm going to, we'll put, we'll put it up on the screen, but here it is. All right, so winning customer centricity. Can you explain what the book is about? The book, uh, when I wrote it, I thought we need to have a book that helps companies, because not everybody can work with me, help companies to become more customer centric. And we all love to win. So True. winning customer centricity, it's a little bit of play on words, but the idea behind it is how can companies become more customer centric? But when I wrote the book, I thought the last thing that people need in business, a corporate, I spent 30 years in the corporate world, I had tens of books on my shelves, but I never had time to read them. I might flick through them, but I never had time to take action on the ideas I read about. So I said, okay, I'm going to write a book that's very different. So first of all, it has to be interesting and it has to be actionable. I love that. So this little book, it doesn't look very big, but it has 50 chapters in it. That's and each chapter is two pages, only two pages. That's amazing, yes. So there is no excuse for not reading and there's 50 chapters. So basically, I am saying, read one chapter a week. That's great. And you can read it in a coffee break, a lunch break, two pages. Right. Everybody has five minutes to read. And I wanted it to be interesting, so it starts with a little quote. There's a little cartoon for each chapter. And then you have the objective for the week, the actions to take, and I don't even ask you to think because I give examples and ideas from other companies that are successful in that area. So all you have to do is read one chapter a week, take the action suggested, and by the end of the year, you'll be customer-centric 
or more customer centric. But I will warn you, it can become addictive. And I know people that have read the book in a matter of days or weeks, because once they start taking action and they realize the benefit, they just have to keep going. Well, it starts feeling good because you're successful when you're doing that. Exactly. Right? Exactly. All right, so let's do this. Let's take it one step further. So you have had, you've worked with many clients. Many of the clients obviously have read your book. Do you have any success stories that you can share with us? Of, of customers that started by maybe not putting their customers first or maybe unknowingly not doing that um, and then read your book and worked with you and were able to turn that around. Uh, their bottom line was impacted positively. Yeah, absolutely. And what I find strange is it's quite often the companies that are already customer-centric who want to become even more so, whereas companies that are maybe less customer-centric don't think about the customer first they think they know it all already, or they think they're doing it. Yes. And I have one example, because my book, uh, a lot of companies, they actually buy it for their executive team or for their marketing teams. So they order the books by the tens, if not the hundreds. So I'm very lucky it becomes a manual internally. And um, I have one example where I went in to do a training. It was a two-day training on customer centricity. I normally do one-day trainings because I think that one day people can take out of the office, two days they get drawn back into work and their mobiles and all the rest of it. Right. So I like to keep training for one day, but I did for this client a two-day workshop. And it was wonderful because they then bought the book, they followed it week by week, and what I found amazing is that the person that had invited me to run the workshop, she actually got a promotion afterwards did for she? her work on making the customer the heart of the business. And even her assistant then got a promotion because he took over her role. Wow. So as a result of this workshop, the company became more successful. Their customers uh, were more delighted with their products. They actually started creating products with their customers. So they were perfect. They, when they, whenever they inv uh, innovated, they used their customer input to develop new products, which were an immediate success. That's incredible. So the business grew sure. and two people got a promotion. Well, so that, that's not bad for oh, a two-day workshop. No, I think that is <laughs> fabulous. And you know what's funny talking to you is you exude so much passion for what you do. I, I, you can you can just you can feel it as you're talking. So I have to know, and I'm sure a lot of you out there are wondering about this as well. What's your heart story? What started you on this journey that you're on to help people in the manner that you are? Um, it was quite interesting. It might be considered a negative um, event in my life, but I was actually fired. Oh my. I was global head of customer centricity and the company decided that they knew better than their consumers. So they decided they didn't need me anymore. What was wonderful was their main competitor became my very first client. Oh, is that right? And as a result, I won't say only working with me, but that company grew twice as fast as the company I used to work for. So I find that fascinating. Wow, that is incredible. So customers, consumers, clients, people have always been my passion. I've worked in over 100 countries around the world, and this is what I love is 
looking for the similarities and differences because there are in every culture. Yes. We find similarities and we find differences and I love to uncover those. And just understanding people is really my passion. And thanks to being fired, I realized that there were other companies out there that were still interested in becoming customer centric. And as I said, it turned out my very first client was my previous company's competitor, both major consumer goods companies. Right. And uh, I haven't looked back ever since. In fact, it turned out to be the happiest day of my life. You know what? It goes back to the old adage that everything happens for a reason. Oh. And you know what? It, it, that, that is case in point. So, so Denise, I want to know more about you, not just the business part of it. On your website, there are some intriguing things that you have done in your past. Can you share a little bit of your, your past uh, things that you have done? Are you talking professionally or privately? Pri privately. <laughs> ah, I'm naturally curious. Yes. So I have tried a lot of sports. Um, I have a twin engine pilot license. I, that's what I read. That's what I read. So I'm a pilot. Uh -huh. I love the fact that when you're in the air, you get different perspectives. The land flattens out and you see things from in a different way. May I stop you just one second? And this is why I asked that question because this happens to me as well, is the things that I do in my personal life, they teach me lessons. Oh. Lessons that you pull into business, and that's why I'm loving hearing what you're talking about because that is the same thing. So please, go on. Yes. Well, that is, is one of my hobbies. So it, it actually, I started an airline, but that's for another day. Um, and I'm also a dive master. A dive master. But again, that gives a different perspective. It's quite like flying. Yes. Because especially when the sea has currents, you're taken with the current. So you go along with the current. And as you say, in business, sometimes you have to go with the current. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you have to get yourself out of the current and swim in a different direction. That is very true. So yes, um, I'm a dive master. I used to be a professional singer. You did. That's so, something I did not know about you. So okay. I love being on stage. Uh, when you get me on, you can't get me off. I like to talk because I'm passionate about my, right. my profession. Right. And um, I've written the book. What else can I tell you? I oh, have lots that's... of hobbies. I, I've tried so many sports, um, golf and archery and uh, fencing. That's wonderful. You're adventurous. You really are. I love being occupied. I work 24-7. As somebody said, 24-7, 365 days a year. But that's not quite possible because we've included the seven days in the week. That's but true. I heard it on television last week, 24-7, uh -huh. 365. I said, well, in America, they must have more days to the year than we do. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. That's funny. So... Just one, one other question related to putting your customers first. Say we, some people are out there right now and they're one of those businesses that are saying, well, I already do that. Are there signs in a business that you may think that you're doing everything right, but these things are going wrong, so it's an indication that you really truly are not putting customers first? Uh, yes, if your business is not growing or is not as profitable as you'd like so it to stagnant. be, yes. I would say that. But there's one key that I use when I go and visit a new client. What's that? I go onto their website and I go onto their contact page. 
Now, I don't know about you, but I hate contact pages where I fill in my name and address. I have to use a drop-down menu to say why I'm calling them or contacting them, fill in my message, and I click Submit. It's gone into hyperspace. I have no idea. Has anybody received it? That's true. And I don't like being put in a box. When I have to mention which drop-down menu item that I choose, sometimes it's not there. Right. A customer-centric company, they will have, how would you like to contact us? Here's our phone number. Here's our email address. Right. Here's our postal address. Here's our street address. So you decide how you want to contact the company. So it's, a, it's an easy test. Look at any website and see how they're connecting with their I customers. I love that because I can tell you I'm not looking at it right now from a business owner standpoint. I'm looking at it as a customer. And there are some people, like for me personally, I do like to email I, I like to email personally. I like to have an email address. And then if that doesn't work out, then I call. And you don't always have that option. You are 100% right. Oh, yes. When the company puts limitations on their customers, they're yes. not customer-centric. So it's such an easy test. Right. So I would recommend all of you check your websites. <laughs> yes, that is so true. Well, I have to tell you, this has been the most engaging conversation. I have had so much fun. So these customers or clients that are out there and they're watching us right now, is there any words of wisdom that you would leave them with uh, regarding putting your customers first? One very easy thing to do. What's that? Every time you take a decision, ask yourself, what would our customers think of the decision we've just taken? If they wouldn't agree with it, don't do it. Yes. Because the customer could be your wife, your mother, your children. Think how your customers would react every time you take a decision. You can't go wrong. That's great. I love that. Well, I'll tell you what. On behalf of the entire Plum Talk team, I want to thank you so much for being here. If people are out there and they want to find you, they want to consult with you, they want to buy your beautiful book, where would you point them? To my website, c3centricity.com. Uh, if they want to buy the book, they can buy it online. Um, being customer-centric myself, it's in paperback, hardback, audiobook, and Kindle. They're very good. So they yeah. have all the choices. There's no excuse not to buy it and follow along. And I would love to talk to anybody that wants to become more customer-centric. Well, thank because you. that's my passion. Oh, that's great. Well, thank you so much. Thank you for inviting me, Shay. Nice I've loved having you. it. Having having the chance to share my passion with so many people. It's been wonderful. One word describes the show today, incredible. Denise is incredible, don't you agree? For me, these major factors are firm in my mind after dis our discussion today. First, adopting a true customer-first strategy gives us business owners a serious competitive advantage. Second, businesses that put customers first have a deeper and clearer understanding of their audience. According to Denise, demographics is not enough. It's incredibly important to remember that. And last but not least, customers that know that they're a priority are engaged. And oh yes, that is what we want. I'm sure you'll agree too. Engaged clients is what we want. Like I said, it all is incredible. Great words of wisdom to conclude with. So until next time, this is Dr. Shelley Plum. This has been another segment of From the Hip. We will see you again soon.